morning everyone Good morning. glad to have everybody out this morning uh, it was awesome last Sunday uh, had our record attendance ever for Bethesda pretty awesome I think there was 167 between both campuses uh, great uh, time great opportunity to we was expecting Vanceburg campus to be a little lower. We was expecting a bigger crowd at Kentucky Heights, but winded up. A lot of people came early to the early service at 9:30, and they actually beat you guys by one. So it was 84 to 83, the Vanceburg campus. Uh, so it was awesome though to get to see that many people show up to God's house. And uh, thank you for inviting all your friends and family. We pray that uh, as they came, that they heard the gospel. Hopefully, some of them. Uh, heard the gospel for the first time in a long time, and hopefully we portrayed it in a way understandable where we could get there. Got my glasses on. I'm not LL Cool J. Sorry, I was just driving up the road and it was bright this morning. That's the way it was. Uh, we are in the Reflect series. Uh, this uh, message series to where that we as a church are to look back and reflect on. Uh, our lives and reflect on what God has done. Uh, last week uh, we preached about having a whole new outlook that God wants us to desire uh, Him in a way that is uh, pleasing and that we are to reflect from time to time that God wants us to reflect and uh, to look back and uh, cause us to just to take a moment of rest. Uh, everybody needs a rest every now and then. Amen. Look to your neighbor and say, it looks like you need some rest. <laughs> so as uh, we think about that it's in the Proverbs chapter 27 that we're going to take our text and verse 17 this is the text for this sermon series as we look through and uh, seek God during this season of rest and reflection Proverbs 27 verse 17 it says as iron sharpens iron so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Whosoever keepeth the fig tree will eat its fruit. So he who waits on his master will be honored. Verse 19. As in water face reflects face, so a man's heart reveals the man. Verse 20. Hell and destruction are never full, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. God, we just thank you for your word. God, we pray that you would have just engrafted in our heart. Lord, let our hearts be receptive of what you're saying. Let our minds be alert. Let our ears hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. Help us today through these messages. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody says, Amen. Amen. Today is the second part of this series, and I've entitled it Mirror, Mirror. As we reflect, the verse in the text that we're looking at is where that King Solomon says, as in verse 19, as in water face reflects face, so a man's heart reveals the man. So as King Solomon's writing these things down, these proverbs, and he's thinking about these things, he's saying here because basically they didn't have mirrors in their time, but they just had a place that they wanted to reflect to take a look at their self. The place they would do that was in water. As they would look in water, they could see the reflection, that the reflection would show up and they could see uh, their self in the water. So imagine uh, seeing yourself for the first time as you hover over water, and this wasn't a society where that everybody had still water around or a place that they could reflect. 
So uh, in the message today, we are looking, and I've got a mirror. It's a pretty nice mirror here. Leslie went and got me at the dollar store today. Oh, there's Jason right there. Look at him. I say, oh, Jason, he's he's the shining star right now. Oh, we got Aaron over here. Oh, yeah, there's, look at back here. There's Lathan. Oh, Pat's back there in the back. Oh, we got people all around us here. But the reflection is showing there. So if they wouldn't see reflection as in a mirror, they would see the reflection in water. So Solomon is thinking this and looking at this, but he become a person that become vain because I think he spent too much time looking over the water, uh, worried about himself and worried about his own situation. He had hundreds of wives. He had more than 600 concubines. He had way too much going on in his life. Amen. Look your neighbor say, you got too much going on. I don't think you believe that about your neighbor. I want you to tell your neighbor, you got too much going on. There's too much happening, right? So this mirror, as he looked over this water, I could say that he would see himself. But as he sees himself, he, he portrays himself to be something probably that he's not. And in our lives, a lot of times we see ourselves in a different light than what most others do. Amen? Amen. We've got a different perception about ourselves probably than what others would tell us if they were truthful. And sometimes truth hurts. Amen? Just like your reflection hurts. It might be one of those mornings after you've had the flu for a week and you get up and you go look in the mirror and you think, man, I look like death warmed over, right? <laughs> you see a reflection you don't want to see. So sometimes that reflection is hurtful. Yes. And as we reflect and learn how to reflect as we think about this mirror, mirror. And I, I pulled this down off the internet on a Google search talking about mirrors and things and reflecting. It says, if you look in a mirror, you will see your reflected image. If you reflect on your past experiences, you look at them once again, thoughtfully. Reflect also means to give evidence of the character or quality of something. Reflecting can mean seeing something original in another form or image. So as I think about this, and we can cast lights on people and see things, imperfections kind of like open those shades up. You can see dust in there that you normally can't see when you open a shade. That's why we always keep the shades drawn, right? And, and look at that. That way you can't see the dust. It, it covers everything up. And it's way, that way in our life where we let the light of Jesus, because he is the light of the world, if we will let his light shine in our life, he will show us imperfections. Amen? The more light you put on a subject, the more you can see. So as we're talking about this today, this reflecting, you've got to get some light on the situation. And you can look in a mirror, but if you're looking in a mirror and it's dark, Right? So the New Testament says we look into the mirror uh, uh, darkly. That There's a dim mirror that we're looking into as we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that tells us that. That we're looking into this mirror darkly that's dim, that we can't see. But we'll soon see each other as we're supposed to be. So the mirror mirror as we're looking today that is telling us that we can see our reflected image. But the image that we see in there is not really us. The true us is here. But as I look in this mirror, I can see probably what you guys see as I'm looking at me, but I can only see it if I look in here. But that's not really me in there. I'm right here. Right? Maybe. The, who's in there? Oh, let's see. see. That's what girls do. You ever notice that? Like I told them this morning, where's Abby? Is she here? Oh, there she is right there. I get a pick one out. We twice in one day. This is awesome. 
So Dusty hauls Albie to church on Sunday mornings, and he gets up early, and Leslie tells him he needs to be there by 8.45 to practice music and go through it and whatever. And he takes off driving for Ranceburg, and Albie gets out of bed, and she gets shower, and gets ready, and, and heads in the car. And as they drive down the road, she gets down there, and I don't know what she's done in between Garrison and Ranceburg, but she gets down there, and Dusty pulls apart a lot, and he gets out real fast, and he's running up the hill, going up the steps, because he's within a minute of getting there on time. And, and Albie stays in the car forever. Boy, we'll I ask Albie, or Dusty every week, what's Albie done? He said she put her face on. <laughs> so she gets out the car. Usually if she comes in, she's already put some of her face on apparently because then she goes in the boys' bathroom at Vanceburg. Nobody else is there, don't worry. But she goes in the boys' bathroom and she goes in there because there's a big mirror on the back of the door in the boys' bathroom at Vanceburg and she puts the rest of her face on. So uh, maybe that's why. And I, I watch Leslie in the morning when she's getting ready. I watch her. She gets real close. And where she put that black stuff around her eyes? I don't even know what this stuff is called. But she put this black stuff around her eyes. And it's like a little pencil. I, I can't even touch my eye, let alone. But she gets this, this pencil and she's like right up to the, and Just making sure it's just perfect and, and getting in the mirror. Ain't you glad for mirrors? Hey, man, mirrors are awesome. And Rachel said, to her, yeah, I'm glad for mirrors. We Women think are more thankful for mirrors probably than men because most of the time I look, it's like all oh, their booger in my nose. It's about all oh, it really matters, you know, usually for a man, it don't really matter. So, but women uh, care about their parents, so they're looking in the mirror and, and there. So as we're talking about this today, that, that Solomon was looking in that water, his image that he saw in that water was an image, but his true self was there looking down into the water. So next time you're looking in the mirror, I hope you understand this, that you're really looking, that you're saying, well, that's not me. I'm right here. As you begin to <clears throat> contemplate that or think about that, it kind of gets to trick it with your mind. It's like, wow, why am I looking at me when that's not me? I'm right here. And then you'll go farther in that, and your mind will just start spinning in circles, and then you're like, man, what more? Why did Ben say that? Why am I looking there? So that's just the image of me of who I really am here. So if we do that way, but then the end of that verse, it says this. So a man's heart reveals the man. <clears throat> so a man's heart reveals the man. So the same way that your image is reflected in a mirror, it's telling us here that your heart is the true version of you, even though that you sometimes uh, look at your heart and you think your heart is one way, but maybe God's looking at your heart and it's a whole other picture. Yeah. Amen? Uh -huh. The Bible says that the heart is deceptive above all else. Yeah. Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart flows the issues of life. It talks a lot about the heart of man. But I don't want to be deceived in this life to you. I don't want deception to rule and reign in my life. I want to be walking in the abundance of God and in the, the, the things of God. And as I think about this mirror, mirror, uh, I thought about not being able to say that because it's in a church. And if you say mirror, mirror, it's going to be like you're getting into the majestic world and, and all this other stuff because there was a... A cartoon character back, I think it was in the 30s, of what I read last night. They had me all mixed up at Vanceburg this morning. I got completely out of Couldn't even remember what I read. So it's Snow... No? Is it Snow White? No, I, I just did it again. I, I'm hitting that roadblock. Greg will know he's a cartoon. So it, it's Snow White and Seven Dwarfs. And there was some woman on there that would say... Mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? But they had me all mixed up this morning. I didn't know if it was a stepmom. I didn't know if it was a wicked witch. I didn't know what it was. It was the evil queen. I looked it up all going, that's correct. So they, we got it right now. We got some cartoon enthusiasts here. They, they've got it down. That we, we're not going to mess up today. But mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? 
So this evil queen would look at herself in the mirror, and in her mind she had pictured something totally different than what the mirror was portraying, right? Yes. Mirror, mirror on the wall. So I'm afraid to get into the sermon series and talk about reflecting and get into mirrors and call it mirror, mirror, because we're going to head down a path to where people will automatically assume that we're talking about mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all, talk about Snow White, talk about an evil queen and all this other stuff. So whenever I began to think about that, I thought, well, if that's the case, then maybe we need to go back in the Bible and truly look at what in Scripture does Scripture teach us about these uh, majest uh, majestical things, these uh, unknown things. So as I look back and begin to look through Scripture, there's all kinds of things. And First John, John chapter four verse one says this. I'm trying to go fast because I've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits where they are God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Amen. Amen. Test the spirits, know whether they're of God or not. Put them to the test. What kind of test? The test of Scripture. So if you're going to believe any spirit or anything or any false prophet comes into town, what do you have to what do you have to line them up with? How can you test the spirits to know whether they're God or not? It's because this right here. The Bible will not lie. It's in error. It's incapable of being in error. It has no uh, nothing wrong. There's no errors in it, and it's infallible. It can't fail. God cannot fail. The Scripture is the Scripture. You cannot tear it apart. So if we're going to test the spirits, if we're not going to believe every spirit, but test the spirits, what are we going to test it by? What is this test? And what is the mark? The mark is Scripture. Amen? Amen. If you want to test a spirit, test it against Scripture. Because any spirit that says that Jesus is this, Jesus is that, it goes on to say, you can't believe it. Why? Because it, if it don't line up with Scripture, it's going to be false. The way you tell a false spirit is if it goes contrary to God's Word. Simple as that. So as I began to think about those things, I went back through all through Scripture, all through the Bible, and looked at different terms that are portrayed in the Bible that talks about things in the false world or in the magic world or in that type of arena. And there's, there's places in Scripture that calls them mediums. It's not a term that we would use today in describing something like that, but a medium was used in the Old Testament. There's places that calls them sorcerers. There's places in Scripture that calls them witches. Soothsayers, magicians, false prophets. There's all kinds of terms in Scripture that lays out these different characters or this different false world that appears to be something that it is not. So in Old Testament, I go back and I begin to look. And I love this, this verse in Isaiah, chapter 8, verse 19. It says, And when they say to you, Inquire of the mediums, I can't even say this next word. It's N-E-C-R-O-M-A-N-C-E-R-S. I, I don't know what that is. That sounds good to me. Who chirp and mutter, mutter. Should not people inquire of their God? Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? So Isaiah the prophet is telling them, why are you as the children of God and people of God inquiring of mediums? Why are you going to this place trying to seek information for your life from somewhere that don't have the information? It'd be like trying to get an answer from Google, but going to Bing. That's a 
pun on Bing, sorry. Any of you guys that like Bing or the other ones, I, I don't know, Fox Fire, it's, it's all in your preference, right? So, so it's kind of like it. But Isaiah is saying, you can't go somewhere and get the information that doesn't have the information. You've got to go to God. He said, why are you, the children of Israel, going to these mediums and asking for information on your life? Why are you looking for the future in mediums? It's sad that the children of God and Christians look for information for their life other places than this book. Sure. Amen. Amen. We need to go to the book. If we want to know the destiny that we have in this life, we've got to go to this book. Isaiah is telling us that. Should not a people inquire of their God? If we've got the God of heaven that we believe in, that created the heavens and the earth, that before the foundations of the world, he breathed into the deep and caused life to come into human form. If we believe that he did all that, why do we go to anybody else for the answers other than the creator? Amen. You cannot have a painting without a painter. Amen. You can't have a creation without a creator. The only way we exist is because of God. Why go anywhere else? Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, God's got the answers. Got the go to Him. Go to him. Amen. 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 You don't have to go to some other individual. You don't have to go to some other person. There's been so many false prophets going out in this world. Uh, Louis Farrakhan, you just go back through the, the generations and you can see every generation that somebody will come out. Jim Jones gets people to drink a Kool-Aid. Why? Because people are fooled in, in, in this doctrination of false prophets. Why? Because they believe a lie. Amen. Yeah. I don't want to believe a lie. And the only standard I can have to keep me from believing a lie is this book. Amen. Isaiah, should not a people inquire of their God? Amen. I believe you should. Yes. And God has given you his roadmap for your life. It's Amen. called the Bible. Amen. The Bible is a place that you should go if you want to hear from God. Why should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? There's all kinds of places in the Old Testament. There's the witches of Endor. The witch of Endor. It's in the Old Testament. First king of Israel that they had set up that God told him you don't want a king, but we've studied this for the past several weeks. And you don't want a king, but they go ahead and get him a king. They get Saul. Saul is somebody that... Uh, initially believes in God, trusts God, tries to do what God says, but he constantly gets off path. He gets out of the sequence with what God wants, and he ends up to this place where he defies God to such a point that God won't even talk to him anymore, and he's got to go to Samuel just to get the information of where to go as a nation. How sad is that? When leaders walk away from God so long, they can't even hear from him anymore. We've got to be careful, folks. We do. So Saul goes to Samuel. Eventually Samuel dies. Now what? What happens when your mediator between you and God is dead? It's a scary time, right? It scares me to death to think. I remember those nights when I would wake up lost and undone without God and I went to church and heard the sermons and knew, knew what I needed to do to be saved. As I would lay down my head down on the pillow to sleep at night and be sitting there mom and hauling up the steps to pray. And I was praying that God wouldn't come back that night because I knew I was lost as a, right, as a ball of my weeds. That's what I, I was lost. 
And I'm done with that God. I was praying that God wouldn't come back. But this witch of Endor. So eventually it comes to this point where Saul gets so tore up that he has to hear from God. And he says, you know what? I, I, don't, I can't hear from God. But Samuel used to tell me what God would say. So I'm not going to go and, and, and go to God and pray for forgiveness and ask for repentance and do all these things. I'm just going to go and I'm going to go to these medians. And I'm going to go find the witch of Endor. And I'm going to have her to call up Samuel so I can talk to Samuel. How goofy is that? Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the dumbest of them all? Oh, that's me. Amen. 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 So it goes to this witch. It says that she calls and calls and does her little spells and all this stuff. And she calls up Samuel and Samuel comes up out of the ground. And scares her and frightens her. Yeah. Probably because she wasn't used to that. That's what I think. Most of the witches and most of the Wiccans and most of all that other, all those religions out there that try to do all these different things and the palm readers and the fortune tellers and all that stuff, they, they might hit it right every now and then. They might get lucky here or there, but I guarantee you they're false a lot more than they're right. Amen? So the, Samuel comes up out of the ground and it says, and it scares her, and she talks to Samuel, and Saul sees Samuel, and Saul carries on a conversation with Samuel, and the next thing you know, uh, Saul, Samuel says, why are you troubling me? I'm trying to rest down here, man. I'm dead. Can't you leave me alone that I'm dead? Go to a medium as the king of Israel? And if we think for a moment that we don't do the same thing, I think we're fooling ourselves. Because a lot of times the last place we go for help is to God. We need to go to God when we're in trouble. Amen. Amen. We don't have to go through a little medium. We don't have to go through no false prophet. I don't have to have Jim Jones to pray for me. Louis Farrakhan's not going to lead me to God. Why? Because this book right here leads me to God. You don't need anything else written in it. Why? Because it's final. It's the authority of God. I don't need anything more. This is the truth. It also says, know the truth and truth shall make you free. Should not a people inquire of their God? Yeah. Isaiah. I love it in Daniel chapter 4. When King Nebuchadnezzar is having these dreams, he's having these uh, things going on in his life, Nebuchadnezzar, and he's, he's having all this trouble, and he can't sleep, and, and these dreams are coming to him, his visions are coming to him. Daniel chapter 4, and at verse 7, it says this, Then came in all the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, the soothsayers, and I told them to dream before them, but they did not make known to me the interpretation thereof. They do not have the answers for your life. I don't know how else to say it but that. Though all these people that claims all this information that can tell you your future, they don't have the answer to your life. The answer to your life is in this book. Amen. Amen. The God of heaven, the creator of the universe, of heaven and earth, is here wanting to have a one-on-one -on -one relationship with you. And he's asking you, just come unto me, all you that heavy laden and are burdened down, and I will give you rest. I need reflection in my life. Why? Because I need the rest of God. Amen. And if we're going to reflect, Nebuchadnezzar couldn't reflect here. He needed some peace in his life, but he was asking answers from all the wrong people. But then all of a sudden, they say there's one guy out there and he can interpret dreams. His name is Daniel. And he calls in Daniel and Daniel tells him the truth. And it changes everything. What if we would go to the place that has the answers? 
rather than seeking them everywhere else. Acts chapter 16 in the New Testament. After Jesus is here, this 33 and a half years, he's crucified. He's put in a tomb. Three days later, he raises again. Then he goes about for 40 days talking and witnessing to everybody. The people from the dead that he had brought back, there's 500 of them, I think it's Matthew chapter 27, that says they go into Jerusalem and they're witnesses into Jerusalem. Jesus is caught up and taken away from his disciples as they stand there on that hill. Men of Galilee, stand, why stand here you gazing up into heaven? This same manner which Jesus was taken from you, he will can, uh, return in like manner. He's coming back on a cloud of glory, folks. Amen. The angels told him that. After this, a few years later, Saul becomes Paul. You know the story in the book of Acts. If you studied Acts, if you uh, last fall like we did. Acts chapter 16. As we were going to the place of prayer, this is... Uh, Luke the physician writing this down about Paul. As we were going to the place of prayer, we went and met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. Yeah. There was people making gains off of this young girl's misery. She followed Paul and us crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. Even the dem demons tremble. At the name of Jesus. The scripture said even the demons tremble at his name. This demonic oppressed uh, demon within inside of this girl is crying out. These men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. Isn't it, isn't it bad whenever demons preach better than we do? There you go. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Isn't it awful when demons are preaching a better gospel than us? It's sad as a society. And this she kept doing for many days. You ever been through that with somebody? They won't leave you alone. Nagging right behind you. Won't let you go. It says, And Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that the hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. Yeah. Demonic oppression, demonic possession is a reality in the book of Acts. And Paul, the apostle Paul, Luke the physician, Barnabas, all these ones that are with them here, are dealing with this issue. In our world that we live in today, we're fooling ourselves if we think this isn't a reality. Amen. That people are moved and perplexed and caught and oppressed and possessed by the demonic spirits that are still active on this earth today. Amen? Amen? Amen. The spirit of Antichrist will go out. It says the Antichrist spirit is there. It's moving in our midst today. So what are we going to do about these things? Mirror, mirror on the wall? Is that our answer? We're going to continually look for our, to ourselves for the answers. Isaiah says, why? Why, children of Israel, why are you going to mediums and asking for answers? Why are you going to an image of yourself asking for answers? When you can go to God. It's so sad. And it's true to us. Because when we reflect, a lot of times we just reflect back on what we saw and what we think and how we thought times in the past happened. Amen? 
And my perception of my past is probably not a reality because sometimes I remember things that probably didn't really happen because I've told it so many times, right? <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Victory's in the eyes of the conqueror, I guess, where the, the one that wins gets to tell the story of history. Mirror, mirror. Sometimes we get into that. It's sad. Brother, Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. says, Brother, I count myself not to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto the things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Press towards that mark. <clears throat> Forgetting those things that are behind, I press towards that mark. Paul the Apostle saying these things. This is later in life. He's writing this from the prison cell. Brothers, I, I don't count myself a apprehended. I ain't made it there yet. I'm not perfect yet. Sound like anybody in this room? I haven't reached perfection yet, have you? Because all the time when I reach perfection is whenever I cross over glory and yeah. I go to heaven. As long as I'm on this side of the earth, of, the, of heaven, between me and heaven, as long as I'm here on this earth, I won't be perfection. Because there's only been one perfect here, the Bible says, and they crucified him. His name was Jesus. Yeah. Amen. I haven't apprehended yet. I ain't got there yet. Brothers, I ain't got there yet. But I'm striving. I press towards the mark of the high calling yes. of Christ Jesus. Amen. I'm still going that way. Uh -huh. And sometimes when we reflect, don't look back too long. There you go. We're only going to spend five weeks on this sermon series. Uh -huh. That'll be long enough. Sure. But today is mirror, mirror. And I'm dealing with false spirits, false prophets, sorcerers, magicians, all these different things, soothsayers, mediums. Why? Because it's a reality we have to deal with in our life. And you can go up to Portsmouth and go out Rosemount Road and there's booths set up, there's fortune telling booths, there's people that are reading the palms of your hands, there's there's everything right here in the communities that we live in. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like I say, why in the world are we going to that when we have this? Amen. It just don't even make any sense. Amen? Sure. Amen. Mirror, mirror. As I look at this mirror, I'm perplexed. <laughs> Because I'm always just looking at me. I'm always just looking at an image of who I am. Because really every scar on this body, I can tell you about a time of past. Big part of heart right here on my arm. I can take you to the place up in Buckeye Steel in Columbus, Ohio, where the boy could have been. And it turned back into my arm and burnt my arm. I can tell you about scars on my body. And it tells about my past. I'm tired of looking at my past. Mirror, mirror, I'm sick of you. Amen. Amen? Amen. You know why? Because I'm tired of the old me. You? Anybody tired of the old you? I would like this to be symbolic. Of us breaking our past. Going to a new future.
I'm ready to look to God, aren't you? Amen. The maker of heaven and earth. Yeah. Glory to God. Felt like air went out of the room whenever I broke the mirror. It was like, oh my gosh, that's seven years of bad luck. Oh my. Well, I'll vacuum it up, I promise. It's a symbol that my past is gone. Paul said, press towards the mark, forgetting those things which are behind. I'm looking forward to a new day, ain't you? Amen. It's time to reflect, church. Just stand. Amen. The curse of the past is broken. God's word says that he'll make you the head and not the tail. Praise God. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> that you'll be blessed going in and coming out. Amen. He's got the answers, church. Yes, he does. Your past is gone when you lay it down. All you got to do is break ties with it and say it's over. Mm -hmm. My past is gone. I'm a new future. I'm going to allow God to give me an image of who I really am. I ain't going to trust a mirror anymore. I ain't going to trust myself. Why? Because I've let myself down too many times. Amen? Amen? Let go today and let God. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes if you will. Everybody in this room. Stop going to mediums. Stop, tr stop trying to find an avenue to God. Do like Isaiah said, just go directly to Him. Pastor Ben cannot get you to heaven. Bethesda Church cannot get you to heaven. The Creator of heaven and earth sent His Son. His name was Jesus. He died on the cross for your sins. That's the only way you'll ever get to heaven is to allow that sacrifice to be for your sins and to repent and just like breaking that mirror break the past say I'm going to forget about those old me I'm going to start a brand new life everybody in this room just pray Holy Spirit what are you saying to me through this message just say that with your mind say it with your lips say it ever how you want to just pray Holy Spirit what are you saying to me I believe in a triune God. Amen. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the witness left here on this earth that will witness to your spirit. Just Jesus knocking on your heart's door right now, asking you to open up. say, Pastor Ben, I can sense the Holy Spirit asking me to break my past just as you broke that mirror, to cut ties and to go forward with a new future. Is there anybody here to say, that's me? Amen. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Amen. Still more. Anybody else? Say, I'm tired of living for myself. Amen. Thank you for those hands. Anybody else? There's other, your heart's beating right now and the Spirit is telling you, Break the ties of bondage in your life. In the name of Jesus, break the ties of bondage in your life. Anybody else? You can put your hands down. I want everybody in this room to pray with me. Everybody say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I'm asking you to forgive me for my sins, for my faults, 
for my failures. Help me to always come to you for the answers for my life. Give me my goal. Give me my future. Through the blood of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen.